welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? How are you doing, sir? Woo! I'm good, man. I yeah. am good. You know, it yeah. was a, a fairly relaxed week so far. Yeah. Not too much. Have you had a lot of things going on? Really busy? Uh, not really. Just uh, just shopping for this wedding, Doc G. Jeez. I got a wedding coming up, and uh, you know, I did the bachelor party. Now I'm doing the wedding, and I got to dress nice for the wedding. You and, instantly uh, brought down my mood like a thousand percent. <laughs> so sorry. When you yeah, said yeah, wedding, yeah. I was just like, oh God, uh, no! My, uh, where yeah, where yeah. is it? It's gonna be in New York City. Oh, God, you got to uh, travel for that, too? Yeah, God. yeah. It's going to be this weekend, too. But, hey, I'll be back for the show, you know. You got to travel? Lot. Just You yeah, already had to travel a, like 4,000 miles I for that. Oh, What God, is this guy's so problem? Annoying. Jesus, man. Yeah, well, think? at least it's New York, and I'm not, I don't have to go to, like, Are Connecticut. You, so you're getting <laughs> new clothes for it? Yeah, so I bought a new, like, so I, you have to look nice, Dr. G, at these no. weddings. And this is going to be a really nice wedding. I mean, it's going to be, I'm, I'm trying to look nice. There's going to be famous people here, Dr. G. I can't Homeless. Be, Very so, homeless. <laughs> I went with a H&M two-piece suit. Sweet. <laughs> I like it. That's, when people this ask, is my you're like, I'm, I'm wearing H&M, everybody. No yeah, big deal. That's and they're, pretty much. They're like, did you say Armani? And you're like, no, H&M. That's what I said. It's pretty much. H&M Same level, okay? Same, maybe exactly. Pretty much. Yeah, there's going to be famous. I guess you got to look good. I never go to weddings that there are famous people. There are just crazy aunts at weddings that I go to. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I, I guess if I had to fret, if I had to hobnob with people, I might look a little less homeless than I I mean speaking of that I did a little bit of uh of cleaning up I trimmed okay. my beard like it does look very nice and trim Doc G Thanks. it does thank you I finally got I finally got it done over this past weekend uh every six months or so that's a you fact. know every six months or so I I look at myself in the mirror and I say you know what let's trim this thing and then it looks like I killed a raccoon uh, in the bathroom where the, the clippings are because there's yeah. just a giant mound of hair on the ground that I have to sweep up. Ew. And, uh, yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. Is there a, sorry, Doctor. Is there, like, a defining moment for your beard where you're like, you're like, all right, this hair has crossed the line. Usually, no, then, usually it's the side hairs over here. Uh, like, yeah. I'll wake up and it'll just be out like a foot, and I'll be like, well, that looks insane. <laughs> so I true. should probably. And then that's when that's when I usually trim it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've had enough of. I mean, I can always just brush it down, but then I usually I yeah. trim, I trim it. But, you know, I, I thought about it when I was doing this, Mike. I was just like, my God, this is a lot of work. That's right. This is a ton of work. Like, mm -hmm. I don't see how you do it, Mike. I mean, I know you don't shave every day, but you shave fairly regularly. You got some stubble going right now, but you, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. 
you you shave at least once a week, right? Yeah, once a week. Yeah, usually. Don't see how you. That's superhero stuff right there, Mike. Really? Don't see how you? I, I got God. like a buzzer, like a little, like a little. Still, that's like five minutes that takes, you know. <laughs> and then, I mean, if you're using a real razor, that is that's that's superheroes. That's that's so much prep right yeah, there. Yeah. You gotta. <laughs> Warm the water blade. up. You got to get the razor. Like it's just no, yeah, no. And I, I want, I want to help some fellas out who are spending that time, continuously hacking away their face to get a get. I want to, I want them to get away from that life, Mike. Yes. And okay. luckily, the folks at Huffington Post, they're on the same page as me, because they have published an article back in the days that's called Eight Benefits of Having a Beard." Oh, all right, all right. So, Excited I'm going to give you these these benefits so folks know. First, benefit one, a beard can protect your face from sun's damaging rays. Oh, very true, very true. So that true. Is, this is, I have evidence of this, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you do. My neck is like three times wider than my face because it's mm -hmm. always guarded by my beard. Yeah. It's, I don't know, like, when I go out in the sun, there's no way for me to, like, hold my beard up so I can get mm -hmm. some sun on my neck. It's very, it's very upsetting. I wish I could, actually. It's, it's, it's odd. I don't know how yeah. to, like, a UV lamp just for my neck, just to be like, all right, there we go. But Yeah, well, you know the mirrors that the ladies always have yeah, around their heads in the movies? Get, <laughs> get one of those. I like it. I'm going to take a note, Mike. There we go. Get that down. Uh, number two, Mike, a beard can keep your, uh, your face warm in the winter. All right. Which is also very true. Yeah. Very true. It's like a parka for your face, Mike. Yeah. Like, like if I had as much hair as I do on my face, on my body, I could live in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Also, no one would be friends with me because I'd be really <laughs> gross. But <laughs> just be, or they actually might be more friends with me because I'd just be like a big old fuzzy like yeah. fuzzy bear that they'd be like, ah, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, they, they although, although my beard is definitely not like a, hmm. it's definitely rougher than like a, a cat's hair, you know? Like it, it's it's very brillo-y. Oh, people, really? Yeah, people wouldn't yeah, want to be rubbing that, you know? It looks like you have a very dense and strong beard, Doc G. You have a very- It's, it's dense. It's dense here, <laughs> especially here in the yeah, front. Yeah. Very, uh -huh. very dense. Anyways, uh, number three, this is this is a very important one, and I believe this wholeheartedly, Mike. A beard can ward off throat disease. Throat disease? Yes, any airborne illness, Mike. That's one of the biggest benefits of a beard. It catches airborne illnesses. Things coming towards your nose, towards your mouth. Where do they get caught? Boom, mm. into your beard. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So remember, you've got a filter. I mean, basically, when everybody put on a mask for for COVID, already had mine. Now, granted, yeah. I put another mask on top, but I already <laughs> had one there, you know? I'm just saying, it's a fantastic reason we have beards. Number four, this Ooh, one sort of goes same, same deal. A beard can assist those with asthma. Hmm. So anybody uh, with asthma, same deal, Mike. You've got stimuli 
you know, uh, typically asthma is uh, there are things in the air, stimuli that will go into yeah. yes into your lungs and stimulate your uh, your asthmatic reaction. Well, the beard filters those things out. So mm. there you go. Nice. There you go. Uh, number five, Mike. A beard can reduce the chances of bacterial infection. Most importantly, on your skin. Mm. So shaving, Mike, you're you're making little micro tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cutting open the skin, and that makes it much, much more likely for acne to flare up. That's a fact. Um, I heard a little life pro tip. You should never shave before you get a prostitute. I don't know if I can say this on the show. (laughs) You should, because you can get STDs. It opens up your cuts. Where was that tip? Well, you know, Reddit. (laughs) I was hoping it was going to be like your your aunt or something. Hey, if you you buy a hooker, just make sure. Don't shave right before. Mike, I I mean, yes, uh, there are a lot of actually blood-borne STDs, so I could see where that uh, could be a potential issue. Depends on what you're doing with the prostitute as well, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, Regardless, here's your <laughs> tip of the day from Mike. It goes along with number five of reasons you would want a beard. Yes. Number six, not shaving can clear up your schedule for more important things. And I definitely mm. wholeheartedly agree with this, Mike. Dr. Herbert Meskin of the School of Medicine at Boston University estimated that the average man will spend 3000 350 hours shaving and preparing to shave throughout their lifetime. Jeez. That's almost a half a year worth of time, Mike, that people spend. That is ridiculous. I have already, just think about that, Mike. I haven't shaved, fully shaved. I haven't fully shaved since 2007. Six, really? wow. something like that. I have saved like 1,200 hours of time. That's a fact. Like <laughs> so much time, so much time. That, that, that has Very gone true. into this show, Mike. Yeah. Uh, number seven, most men feel more attractive with a beard. Word. Now, mm. obviously this one, uh, Mike, I would say is true. Okay. And this, this goes back to uh, um, advice my dad gave me. Uh, because facial hair covers up your gross face. <laughs> that's that's the nice thing about it, right? Because True. I have a beard. Does, yes. I can imagine what's underneath this beard is actually attractive, even when it's not. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't know. Nope. Could be great under here. It could be Brad Pitt under here. It's not, but people don't know. It's, they don't know. It's a permanent replacement for what masks did for everybody in the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. See yeah. that person that you thought they were super attractive to take off the mask? You're like, oh, Jesus, I was wrong. <laughs> what happened to the bottom of your face? My goodness. It's like when bald guys take off their hats. They have no... Whoa, whoa, like, whoa like, I wasn't dude. expecting that. Wow. <laughs> Kenny do Chesney. A, wow. Do a backwards you, hat. Make a transition. Come on. Yeah, just get, us, least, get us used to it first. At least see a little bit in there. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, prepare us. Yeah. Number eight. A beard can improve your sex life. Hmm. I can I can see that, yeah. Nope. This one is 100% false, Mike. No? Okay. <laughs> I can tell you. No. 100% no. false. But all the other benefits. 
Yeah, but uh, uh, to to yourself. You can lie okay. to yourself, not to other people. <laughs> True. They're not being fooled. Um, True. Now that I have given everyone the evidence, Mike, while we wait for the listeners' beards to grow in, do you want to fire the show up? Let's fire up the show, Jock G. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Oh, man, Mike, we have... We not only have one of the greatest guitarists of all time that we've been waiting for, Mr. Steve Vai. We were going to have him on Steve the show Vi. last week. We've got him this week. Steve got Steve Vai, the guitar guy. That's what... that It was gold, the guy that... The guy that made the documentary commented on that, folks, and he was like, I like that. That's yeah. what he said. He said, ha, 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 I like that. Thank That's you. That's what he said to that that comment by uh, by Mike, everybody. But we've got Steve I, and we've also got former guest, fantastic guitarist, Mr. Ben Cody. That's who's right. Who's going to join me for the interview. I was thinking, Mike, I was like, he's a great guitarist. We're interviewing a great guitarist. He went to uh, Berkeley. He works at Berkeley College of Music. Why not just invite him? Maybe he'll throw in a couple of things. Maybe he'll want to say something, you know? Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what goes down. I'm very excited about it. Two amazing guitarists and me. That's what's going to happen, listeners. Mm -hmm. I will add nothing as far as musical talent. Nope. But I will lead this interview, and I can't wait for it. So Interview talent. There we go, Mike. I'm working on it interviewing talent yes Yes. i've studied under the greats i don't know who they are but just trust me um (laughs) mike are you ready to start the show where we start it we're gonna start it let's start it at the birthday suit happy birthday mr president there we go i i'm sorry i threw you off because i didn't say we first we start where we start so you were like i define myself what? <laughs> Who? Anyways, yes, correct. Mike, we've got a comedian here. I think you've got this one, mainly because of one of the clues that we've talked about on the show before. Uh, born on September 21st, 1950 in Evanston, Illinois, our birthday suit wearer grew up loving stories about adventure and loved real-life stories about Wild Bill Hickok and Davy Crockett. In high school, he worked as a golf caddy and was a lead singer of a band called the Dutch Masters. After high school, he decided to go to Regis University in Denver, but dropped out not long after registering. When he returned to Illinois, his brother, Brian, invited him to try out for Second City. After performing in Second City, he moved to New York uh, and was featured on the National Lampoon Radio Hour. Our birthday suit wearer joined the cast of Saturday Night Live in 1976 and was part of the show until 1980. In the 80s, our birthday suit wearer uh, started starring in major movies like Caddyshack, Stripes, and Tootsie. He was the first guest ever on Late Night with David Letterman. In 1984, he started in Ghostbusters. In 1993, he starred in the movie we've talked about, Groundhog Day. Sweet. He starred in Space Jam in 1996. Took on some more serious roles in the 2000s like The Wild Things, Cradle Will Rock, and The Royal Tannenbaums. Our birthday suit wearer uh, has won two Emmys, one Golden Globe, and has appeared in over 65 movies and is a huge fan of golf. Name that birthday suit wearer. Bill Murray. Bill Murray is correct. Yes, indeed. 
Bill Murray. He's one of those dudes I think got better as he aged. You yeah, know? he definitely did. For sure. He got, for sure. He got cooler in older age. Yeah, he you're did. Like, you're like, I want to be that dude older. But like when, mm-hmm. when you look at him like in the 70s and 80s, you're like, yeah, he's all right. But then it but in yeah. like the early 2000s, you're like, that guy doesn't give a f- and I no. want to be that dude. Yeah. Like, you know, it's pretty dope. He's turning uh, t- 72, Mike. Wow. 72 for Bill Murray. Just living his life, man. Getting it done. Getting mm-hmm. it done. One of, not one, technically not one of the Saturday Night Originals. He came yeah. a year after. Oh, so he okay. technically wasn't there. It was basically like him and Chevy Chase switched. Because Chevy Chase only stayed one year and then left. And then he hmm. came in after Chevy Chase. So there you go. I wonder but, if he's. I wonder if he's still going to those like random parties. You remember? You ever hear those stories yeah. about Bill Murray just showing up at parties? He can show up at That's my party cool. if he wants. Oh yeah. Wait, what? You know, but I don't have parties, so it's going to be hard for him to show up to one. But you True. know, if he just shows up to my house and is like, "Hey, I'm Bill Murray. I'm here to hang out," I'll be like, "All right, I guess." I'm Doc G, and you can I, hang out. <laughs> I'll be a little. I'll be a little worried that he might kill me. But you know, yeah. I still, since it's Bill Murray, I'm like, well, yeah. He'll probably like, get in some trouble if he kills me. Yeah, it'll be a great story in the afterlife. I don't, I, don't think he'll get, I don't think he'll get away with it. Yeah, Bill Murray killed me. Can you believe that? <laughs> Anyways, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, we're going to start in Houston. 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 Yes. Houston. Yes, Houston. Yes. Yeah. Houston there are people, York. you know, uh, <laughs> Georgians call it Houston's too, Mike. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's a there's there's a place in Georgia, I can't read. Houston, oh, okay. Georgia, so, and they call Houston. it Houston. Oh, yeah. Nice. And there's also a restaurant called Houston's that they all call. And you're like, yes, there there is a city, you know, that we all call Houston, right? And mm-hmm. everybody from there calls Houston. You're just gonna go against what they call it. So true. Anyways, yeah. Mike, the city of Houston, they've been trying to make some improvements to the old Parks and Rec department. And on their to-do list, they are restoring uh, many of their old parks in what they call habitat restoration. Sweet. The department has hired 150 new employees to work on the project. The department said these employees are an important tool for the department to clear out invasive vegetation. Mike, these employees are goats nice mm-hmm. they hired 150 goats and they literally said they hired them which i find yeah, hired. a weird <laughs> process of going to the farm and being like can you sign this paper <laughs> you're gonna be uh can we see an id you don't have one you're a goat interesting okay i'm gonna write that down hmm. uh can we at least get your ear tag number 76 <laughs> interesting okay <laughs> Uh, Mike, so apparently, uh, they said that the department said these goats will be placed in the areas with the thickest vegetation to help open it up for habitat crews to, uh, enter safely. Hmm. They then said the goats will be monitored 24 seven and will be surrounded by electric fencing. Word. So a couple things on that, Mike. First... I understand the electric fence, but the 24-7 monitoring 
These are goats. <laughs> These are goats, right? Not serial killers. Like they're under contract, Doc G. We gotta watch these things. I need to know <laughs> what they're for workman's comp. What they're doing at 3 a.m. Make sure we know. Like seems a little bit much. Second, they said that goats are going to help clear up the thickest vegetation. You know, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm all for climate-friendly methods of doing things. I know that's like. One of the reasons people have been using goats, right? They don't they don't mm-hmm. take any gas. But you're telling yeah. me a goat is better than a than at cleaning vegetation than a dude with a machete? Like just I cuz I'm yeah, I don't care. I'm telling you right now, Mike. You put me in a one-on-one competition against a goat, I'm going to smoke that thing. I'm going to take yeah, it. Yeah. I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going I'm not I'm not eating what I'm cutting down, but I'll clear it, you know. I'll smooth it out. Yeah. I just yeah yeah yeah. I I mean I I don't know I I found that I found that they were putting it at the heavy like also the heaviest vegetation, hmm like they're just gonna grind through a tree. What are they a beaver? <laughs> like come on man I don't I don't know I don't yeah. know it seems a little yeah. seems a little ridiculous. Mike, uh you know on this show we don't promote any type of illegal behavior. We don't do it. No, that is against no. what we do here on the Doc G Show. But. Sometimes we do like to give advice to folks that are engaging in illegal behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. we're not promoting it. Just no. making suggestions to avoid mm-hmm. prison, other ill effects of that illegal behavior, yeah. you know? So, Mike, I'll go mm-hmm. ahead and say, uh, if you're in the business of being a thief... Uh, you want to steal things that are not traceable. So true. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always, it, it, and that's it's harder it. and harder these days, you know, Mike? Like, I yeah. mean, you steal a car, traceable. Steal yeah. a phone, traceable. Yeah. Steal credit cards, obviously, traceable. Yeah. And you steal somebody's air tag, traceable. traceable. And very traceable. <laughs> and for this story, Mike, <laughs> you steal lottery tickets, traceable. Traceable. Oh, I didn't know that. They scan them, Mike. Well, yeah, they, they scan, scan them, and then they have your name. Yeah, and if they don't <laughs> scan them, they're not taking them, right? Yeah. So apparently a fella in Auburn, Michigan, didn't know that. Nope. He's not aware. Hmm. Back on September 9th, police responded to a break-in at JoJo's Refresh Shop. Sweet. Which I want to go to JoJo's. That just sounds like a good refresh shop yeah refresh refresh shop in (laughs) auburn michigan you know like it's a afternoon in michigan let's say it's fall and i actually like fall and i'm like i need to be refreshed a little bit and i just head in (laughs) i head into jojo's man i get me a yeah get me a slurpee you know, they probably don't have yeah. Slurpee since they're not actually a 7-Eleven. Some kind of slushy, so got, some kind of ice. Knockoff. Some kind of ice. Got thing, some yeah. kind of <laughs> knockoff version, you know, and I, I just I just love it. JoJo's. Anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and we're not we're not sponsored by JoJo's, folks. Nope. Um, the surveillance no. at JoJo's showed a dude that stole money, cigarettes, and a bunch of lottery tickets. The tickets actually amounted to $2,000 worth of lottery tickets, Mike. Jeez. Now, interestingly... When the cops talked to the clerks, one of them said the night before a regular customer came up to her and asked, hey, what would happen if uh, you sold a person a ticket without first scanning it, and then it wound up being a winner? What? What would 
what would you do with that if somebody brought you up that ticket? Hmm. And uh, she told the cops she thought that was a little bit odd that that person asked that question, right? Uh, the suspect uh, tried later on cashing in one of his tickets he stole, but he stole it. He tried cashing it in at another store. Oh, that's smart. Now, of course, <laughs> the other store had not scanned it either, and it goes into the state system. So he was told by the staff that there was a technical problem with their system and it could not be redeemed. Uh, Then he was arrested um, a half a mile away from JoJo's store at his home. Girl, come on. At his house. Yes. So several things here, Mike. First, this dude realized that the lottery tickets were scanned. You wouldn't be able to, to... give them back, and he still stole lottery tickets. That's right. Come on, man. You asked before you did the robbery, and you were like, you know what? I don't believe him. Let's try it. <laughs> like, come on. Come on. Second, you robbed the store that you basically can see from your house. At least go to the other side of town to do your thievery. Like, yeah, do you- you're not gonna, people don't recognize you? Yeah, you're going to walk down the street, and they're going to be like, did you rob JoJo's last night? What? No, not the refresh shop. That wasn't me. No, no, totally not. That wasn't me. No. That wasn't me. No, but coincidentally, no I do have the stack of uh, unscanned lottery tickets, though. So <laughs> don't know where those If you want to buy one from me, you can. Uh, it's just ridiculous, Mike. Anyways. Doc G, quick question. So if he stole them from the shop, and obviously this would have been totally dumb to do, but could he have re- could he have redeemed it at the store that he stole it from since they scanned it at the store? They didn't scan it. He stole them. They have so to they scan didn't... it after you purchase it, right? Oh, after you buy it. I thought they scan them ahead no, of time. No, no, when so they're, like, these when they're just stores. in oh, when they're okay. just in the little turnstile there, you say, Hey, I want the uh pot of gold party fest scratcher and they go okay (laughs) and they scan it through with your id and then it scans and then it activates yeah yeah Mm -hmm. gotcha yeah so you know anyways the sum up of that story mike was go to jojo's refresh shop in auburn michigan it's fantastic i've never been there but i fully endorse it fully until yes. we find out something horrible about it, and then I fully rescind my endorsement. <laughs> Anywho, Mike, I've got uh, I've got two great stories here. Mike, I'm going to give you three guesses to which state has a high school which has a uh, which has been trying to raise money for their athletics with a fundraiser called. A gun-a-day giveaway. Word. And Hmm. that gun-a-day giveaway includes assault rifles. All right. Where in the South? Wood State. What What do you think? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with, I don't know, Oklahoma? I don't know. That's kind of random. One guess. One guess, Mike. All right. Okay. Think closer to where we normally localize. Hmm. All right. Um, and not the home state. Nope. Okay. Uh, let's say Mississippi. Close. Close. Oh, gosh. Very close. Um, you got one right. more. I'm going to go with... Think to the right. Think to the right. Louisiana? 
That's to the still left. That's Doctor, why do you gotta call me out? <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. Alabama. That's what I meant to say. Alabama, yes. Oh, Alabama. Alabama, Alabama. You're always trying to prove you're better than Mississippi, aren't you? Oh man. Always. Mike, Always. like I said, the fundraiser is called a Gun a Day Giveaway, and it's taking place at T.R. Uh, Miller High School. Mm. T.R. Miller High School. Kyle Hayes, who is the vice president of the athletic club for the high school, said, all the funds raised from this are used by the athletic club to support all 12 sports. Mike, then Kyle said, the fundraiser is very popular. And you know, right now, they're legal. There's nothing on the list that is illegal. Gun ownership is an individual right. I like to think that the people are purchasing these tickets. They're not the type of people that would cause those problems. Word. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's Kyle's response there, uh, Mike. And I got to say, Kyle, I hate to tell you this, but just because it's uh, legal doesn't make it a good idea. Thank you. Uh, Kyle, what if I decided to make a fundraiser for your high school called a day giveaway? (laughs) Nothing illegal with my product. It's our right to own Mm -hmm. Despite our right to own though, I'm probably going to say not a good idea to use them as a high school fundraiser. You know? No. Just a thought. Now, Mike, let's imagine those can kill a person. And they've Mm. killed thousands of people where you're giving them away. Probably not a good idea. Not a good look. Just going to say. Probably find something else. You know, candy bars, Mm -hmm. donuts, something else. You know? Candy bars do really well in high schools. I mean, you just walk down the the hallway and just say, hey. Yeah, the chips. Give me $2, man. You know, yeah. it works. Instead of, hey, yeah. give me $50 for a gun that can Here's murder a gun. people. <laughs> um, Mike, now that I've told you about the school gun giveaway, you're not going to believe <laughs> this uh, this headline I have, but I have other news from Alabama. Word. This is a real headline from Alabama.com. Quote, two men shot each other with the same gun during an argument in West Birmingham. <laughs> Mike, I'm going to guess only one of them was lucky enough to have won a gun from the raffle. So hopefully next year (laughs) they can both have a gun and not have to use the same one to shoot each other. Um, Mike, we're going to take a break. We are going to be back right after we hear from our guest, Steve Avai. This is Little Pretty right here on the Doc G Show.
We are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Hmm. Doc G, they need to subscribe mm-hmm. to the show. Yes. Via Apple Podcasts, via SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Facebook. But also, follow us on social. But also, leave a review. Yes. Leave a review. This is very important. Positive reviews. Yeah, positive Only review. positive reviews. Only positive. They're negative. You. We don't yeah, want a part of you. Out of all right? No. We just... You go on to the next podcast. If you're going to hate, you go on to the next one. You know, they say all all press is good press. No. Only good press is good press here. Yeah. We do not take bad press here, all right? We True. will we will ban you. We will take you take you out as a as a as a fan. You will no longer be a part of our group. Nope. You mm-hmm. will be nope. exiled. Exiled from yes. the group. <laughs> so true. Anyways, Mike, we need to thank the people that are have not been exiled because they are all pas- uh, positive patties. Here we yeah, go. They are. The regular positive patties. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Tom River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Richardson, Texas, Asheville, North Carolina, and Los Angeles, California. I just realized I had Richardson, Texas twice. Whoops. Sorry, guys. I mean, shout out, of course, to Richardson twice, but my bad. Didn't mean to put those in there twice. <laughs> Other than that, those are our regulars, Mike. Good list. Fantastic nice. list. Really good list. Just all over the country, couple all over the world. We love it. We love it, you mm-hmm. know? Semi-regulars. Here we go, Mike. Shout out. Shout out to Wilmington, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, Trenton, New Jersey, San Antonio, Texas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Reggio Calabria, Italy, Enos Killen, United Kingdom, Leatherhead, United Kingdom, Lakeville, Minnesota, Bern, Switzerland, Richmond, Virginia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Greer, South Carolina, London, United Kingdom, Williamsburg, Virginia, and Belleville, Illinois. There we go. Nice. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good list, man. Yeah, it is. Solid. London. Solid folks. You know, we had a lot of Mm -hmm. UK there. We had Leatherhead. We had Inniskillen. A lot of different mm-hmm. UK listeners probably looking mm-hmm. for solace after the passing of the Queen, and we welcome yeah. you into our fold, folks. Mm-hmm. We welcome you into the. We don't have a monarchy here. We have a democracy no. of fun. That's what mm-hmm. this is. <laughs> yeah, we do. Democracy of fun, Mike. Yes. Uh, speak, fun. Speaking of that, Mike. At the start of the week, we had a little fun called Monday Night Foosball. Sweet. It's back. Ooh, you yes, know? it is. You know. And uh, mm-hmm. this week we had Buffalo Bills versus the Tennessee Titans. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Okay. Sorry, Doctor. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. You, you don't. Again, listeners, you don't need to be a sports fan to listen to the show. Nope. If we do things about sports, they're usually just to make fun of different things. It's not yeah. actually <laughs> analyzing the sport, so it's fine. But true. Mike, I Very I watch true. I watched this uh, this game. And the place was going bananas. They blew them out. Buffalo was just dominating. It was uh, it was the uh, Tennessee Titans, as I said, versus the Buffalo Bills. And I started thinking, man, that stadium looks fun. Hmm. I better check out the Google reviews for how fun 
that <laughs> stadium is. So, yeah. Mike, it's time to dust off. Why would you review that? Why would you review that? Did somebody tell him this is a really bad idea for a segment? They did, and he didn't care. <sighs> All right, it's time for Why Would You Review That? <laughs> Mike. Perfect. We're looking at Highmark Stadium here in Orchard Park, New York. Pretty solid rating, 4.5 out of 5. That's not bad. That's pretty good, yeah. That is not bad. 6,266 uh, full reviews, but of course, we're focused on the one stars here. That's mm -hmm. what we care about. Now, I'm going to start with Glenn Burns. Glenn might be my favorite of all of these reviews here. So, yes! Glenn Burns, quote, nightmare in and out, <laughs> cashless everywhere. Four hot chocolate on credit card. Ridiculous. Stadium needs an upgrade. Too many people juiced out of their minds. Men's <laughs> washroom are small. Foyers are small. Will not return till new stadium is built. Disappointed <laughs> Canadian visitor. Yes! Yes, Mike! Oh, that was awesome. I love that Glenn has his own ridiculous, punctuated style of review. Not full mm -hmm. sentences, just giving you a weird synopsis like foyers are small. What the f foyers are you talking about, <laughs> man? What is that? Where's a foyer? In a, what is what? Huh? I don't even know what a foyer is. Is that a? It's like, like the you know front room. Pot? Like it's oh. it's it's yeah. Oh it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. We're like, what, huh? Okay. And then, if, if, why are you so concerned about cashless everywhere, Glenn? It's it's 2022, man. Everybody yeah, has seriously. a credit card. And guess what? If somebody steals your identity, you go to the card and say, "Hey, give me my money back." And they do. So what? They do. Like, what are you, what are you so concerned about with your cash? What are you a pirate? Good lord, man. <laughs> I think, though, he should probably just start his own page called The Disappointed Canadian Visitor. Yes! And he should just have those reviews over and over again. Because I'll be honest, that style, I'll read. I'll read, yeah. Mike. I'll read. Yeah, I'd like to read his other reviews. Uh, Mike, we've got next Michael Spence. Michael Spence said, quote, Food options reflect 1972, even in the club. Yuck. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, that's it, uh, Mike. I'm oh. no, I'm no expert, but do we judge food by the specific year? <laughs> no, we don't, Doc G. Some of the best food ever came from the '70s like, and before. Would yeah. you be able to pick? Oh, that's 1972, right there. That is 1972. I mean, they had hot dogs, nachos, and burgers in '72, right? I mean, that's a fact. All the staples were there. I don't know what this. I don't know. Yeah. Mike Spence is looking for some mother effing space food in this in this stadium. <laughs> he wants some Jetson food in there, guys. You don't uh, have any freeze-dried ice cream sandwiches? Yeah, Come on. where's the dipping Dots? <laughs> I want the dipping Dots. Bring them out. Um, Mike, uh, Matthew J. Matthew J is the next one. Matt says, hmm. Matt says a whole bunch of stuff about the parking lot to start i didn't want to read any of that stuff because there's like two paragraphs about the parking so that was boring but then his summary sentences very interesting so his two summary sentences are quote 
The stadium is outdated. Food is overpriced. Hot dogs tasted undercooked. They couldn't even bother to cook a bun. Word. <laughs> so, a couple things, Mike. He decided on the end his the end of his thesis of discontent. He was going to summarize with they didn't cook a bun for a hot dog? Hmm. What? That's that's the hill you're dying to that you're willing to yeah. die on, Matt? Come on. A hill that 90% of people didn't even know is possible to care about and you're like, "No. This bun must be cooked." Like, what is Come on. Matt, Nobody that, cooks the bun. I mean, very is, rarely. That is very weird. That is very yeah. weird. Uh, next one, Mike, we've got Pete C. Pete C. Pete C says, old, fami- uh, old facility with not much all, in quotations, all. Uh, I'm a huge Bills fan, but this place was boring, exclamation point. Just an okay experience, and it was Monday night football, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This guy was So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in, Mike, and say, Pete, this could just be me, but I'm going to go ahead and say you're not a huge Bills fan. Nope. Because if you were a huge Bills fan, you wouldn't have cared at all about the stadium whatsoever. So true. Yeah, no way. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Listeners know, I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan. Huge fan. That's right. The 96 Bulls could play on a dilapidated dirt playground in front of me, and I would have lost my mind. It does not matter (laughs) where they played. I would have been insanely happy. Mm-hmm. You're not a fan yeah. of the Bills. You're a fan no. of spectacles, Pete. That's what you're that's, a fan of. That's a good way to put that, yeah. Uh, Mike, this is an interesting one. Uh, this, is, this the, is this the last one I put down? Yeah, this is, this is a good one to end on here. Caitlin Premiana. Caitlin Premiana said, quote, Every single year when we come here, there's some new rules that aren't posted anywhere and require you to talk uh, or walk the mile back to your car and throw items out. Girl, come on! Also require you to pay the prices they ask for. It's 100% not (laughs) worth it for the quality of the team you're watching and the ever-changing, ridiculous uh, rules you're faced with every year. Word. The only, and again, this is the best part, the only redeeming quality is the color guard performance and the flyover. Huh? Hmm. Wow. How many stars? One. These are all ones, one Mike. Oh, These all, are all one stars. One. Sorry, 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 we, sorry. We I dabble thought... in nothing aside from ones. We're not going all the way up to two. I was expecting a half star, like a like a point five from. This I'm sure one. all these people would give a half if they could, but <laughs> if it was allowed. The Mike, the only redeeming quality, or the only redeeming quality, is the color guard performance. The color guard performance. Caitlin, for Not God's good. sakes, go to an effing parade if that's what you're interested in. Yes! You yeah. ask everyone else in that stadium how they like the color guard performance, and they'd say, there was a color guard performance? Huh? Where? What, 
with the flags and everything? People did that? When did that happen? Who cares? Oh, I thought that was just a... <laughs> I thought that was <laughs> a thing part. from 1972. <laughs> wow, okay. Like, who... Get, uh, color guard performance. Caitlin, get out of here with that. She Come must have been a color guard. She was probably a color guard. 100%, color. Mike. Yeah, yeah. 100%. She's like, and their stepping ability, when they did the right turnover with the flag, no look toss to the front. My God, that was amazing. Wow. Good Lord. Grow up, Caitlin. Nobody cares about Seriously. Caitlin. Nobody, nobody cares about the color guard. Mike, <laughs> we need to move on to quick hitters. Quick hitters. We've got some good what headlines here, Mike. I'm very excited about these headlines. This uh, this one here, this this first one might hit home close to you. This one might be this one might be for you, Mike. Headline from USA Today. Quote, my friend sex shamed me. Do I have to include her in my wedding? Hmm. Um, no. 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 Go. Mike, no. I'll, I will answer that one for <laughs> USA Today. No, you don't. No. And your sex-shaming friend will thank you. So true. <laughs> so, what? I'm not in the wedding? Awesome. I should have sex-shamed you more. That was awesome. <laughs> Great. Uh, Mike, headline from Nebraska. There's the headline. Man tried using dumbbell to break windows at downtown Lincoln apartment, police say. Wait, what? <laughs> dumbbell was too heavy, according to officials. Well, that's what I'm going to say, Mike. Tried? You tried to break window? If you can't break glass with a dumbbell, might want to work out a little bit more with the yeah. dumbbell before you try going on any crime sprees. Like, ah. Uh, uh, Oh, it's so unbreakable. I just can't. Uh, God, I, I threw it at least a mile per hour. Why isn't the thing breaking? Probably um, it's form. That's a fact. Probably. Got to work on it. Got to work on it. Mike, headline from the Huffington Post. Quote, chess player insists he didn't use sex toy def to defeat world champion. Ew. Mike. <laughs> Chess has totally changed its rules since the last time I played. That's a fact. I want to be a part of this new edgy chess. <laughs> oh, he's got a sex toy in here. Oh, my God. That gives him double power no. with his queen. Wow. Just my pawn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Whoop. chef. Where are chess you putting pieces? that pawn? Oh. <laughs> Is the pawn the one that looks kind of like that? Like very, it, looks it looks a looks little, little phallic-y. Okay. Although a little let's, phallic let's be honest, they all do, Mike. There's not really Kinda. one that you're true, like true, true. Mm, that yeah. could that could be stuck in places well, where the, the sun horse. doesn't shine. Yeah. <laughs> Guess it's a, it's a little pointier. <laughs> There's an angle to it. You don't really want to yeah. go with that one. I you guess don't you don't want to yeah. go like I remember for uh, Christmas one year, I got my brother a uh, Mario Kart chessboard just mm, because he's okay. a super nerd when it comes to Mario stuff. So I was like, he'd like this. Yeah. And uh, those pieces were, they had some angles on there. You would not want to shove those up any places. That's for uh, sure. Nope. You don't want to have to go, you don't want to have to go to the proctologist uh, and ask him to, to remove a Bowser from your anus that's not good <laughs> i have no idea how it got there yes. no idea have i was no playing idea. i was playing chess i blacked out woke up bowser's in my butt <laughs> i don't know exactly. so weird so weird Again, no idea no idea so know. true <laughs> uh mike headline from sky news sky news says quote russia calls queen's funeral snub 
profoundly immoral and blasphemous. Hmm. Yeah. Mike, okay. I got to ask. Lost. Do they have mirrors in Russia? That's a fact. Blasphemous? I mean, yeah. I'm not too good at scheduling myself, uh, but don't they have higher things on their agenda in Russia than the Queen's funeral anyways? Yeah. Like a collapsing economy, economy and a blasphemous war, to use their yeah. words? Like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, just saying. I, I, if, I, if I were in the uh, head of state in Russia, I might not be worried about the Queen's funeral. Might be like, you know what? That's that's down here. We got things up here that we need to address first. But very true. Apparent, very apparently, true. they're they're offended. They're just trying. They're just doing it just to just to headlines. Try to yeah, headlines. Just, that's what they want. They're attention grabbers, Mike. Attention yeah, grabbers. Trying to distract people from the fact that they're losing the war. From blasphem right, blasphemy. Yeah. Uh, Mike, headline from Rolling Stone. Quote, what the hell is going on at Kanye West's mysterious new private school? End quote. So have you heard of this, Mike? He has a private school. I know he has a basketball team, but I don't know he, about the school. He has a private school. It's the okay. Donda School, named after his mom. Ah. And, and, uh, and Rolling Stone, I'll answer your question of what the hell is going on at this uh, mysterious new private school. I would go to guess something very Jim Jones-esque. And I'm not talking the rapper Jim Jones. So, whatever you do, kids, don't drink the Kool-Aid at don't that drink school. The Kool do not. Jim um, Jones. Uh, yeah, that's that's for yeah. the folks that know cults from the 70s. Yeah. For any listeners that don't, Google it. You'll find mm -hmm. some really creepy stuff. Um, Mike, here's a headline. This is the last one. Headline from CNN. This is a offshoot of the actual CNN, Mike. This is CNN dot underscored. What? So here, they can't yeah. do that. Here, uh, here's the, like the head. Capital C, lowercase n. No, no, it's actually, it's there. It's the real deal. Okay. The headline is, quote, Mercury Retrograde 2022. Here's everything you need to keep calm. Hmm. What? Now, Mike, I, I, di I didn't read the article, but I, I've got everything you need to stay calm if listeners need it. Here it is. Um, I don't know what Mercury Retrograde will do because it's a pile of horse and it will affect you as much as unicorns will this month. So, thank you. There you go. Thank you, Doc G. So true. Yeah, Mercury retrograde. I don't know. These things scare me. It just sounds like a uh, science uh, fiction. Uh, uh, oh, hold on. Let me get my protractor. And yep, <laughs> this star is there. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than former guest Ben Cody and new guest, very exciting guest, Mr. Steve Vai, right here on the Doc G Show.
The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, our interview includes a fantastic co-host, former guest of the show, leader of the Ben Cody Band, department coordinator for the guitar department at Berklee College of Music, Mr. Ben Cody. Ben, great to have you back on the show, man. Great to be here. Thank you so much for, for inviting me. Yeah, and Ben and I are joined by an absolute legend, a man who is considered one of the greatest guitarists of all time, has three Grammys. He just put his 10th studio album out into the world this year and will be performing at Ponte Vedra Concert Hall here on October 21st, Mr. Steve Vai. Steve, how are you, sir? All right, doing great. You guys doing good? Yeah, we're good, man. We are uh, good. I, um, I am very excited to talk about the tour and the newest album. Uh, but first, I wanted to talk a little bit about the documentary that came out just uh, last week or the week before there, created by Alan Barry, uh, Steve Vai, his first 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, you know, uh, Alan Barry made that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was stunned when he showed it to me. You know, he's a filmographer and uh, I couldn't believe how much detail he uncovered. And how much time he spent, and and the thing I love about it is, uh, it's kind of quirky, like me, you know. It really kind of captures a whole side of my uh, uh, quirky personality. It's fantastic. And w after I saw it, I, 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 you know, I sent him some photos, uh, personal photos, and just helped him with a couple of little, uh, you know, uh, corrections and and pronunciations of names, but. He did such a fantastic job. I'm so glad it's there for yeah those interested. Yeah. Well, I was I was gonna ask. Did you think Did you think of anything after like you saw it for the first time that like man this should this should be in there. This I should. Were there any of those that you added that you told him you needed to be there? Well, there was so much stuff that he found that I didn't think anybody would unearth. <laughs> so uh, it was it was charming. You know, I. I I didn't really, I don't think I made many um, suggestions. Maybe, maybe I, I, you know, I may have done an interview with him mm -hmm. you know, sometime before that and uh, talked about a few things, but uh, he really constructed it himself. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, I, I wanted to ask a couple of questions because I think the, the listeners, if you haven't seen it, you should watch, uh, you should watch it. It gives you a, a ton of information about first 30 years of your life and, and career. Yeah. Um, but it, it notes in the, in the documentary, your second album that you ever owned, 
uh, Freak Out by Frank Zappa. Uh, yeah. And you were obviously in his band 12 years after that. Um, how does an eight-year-old, it seems like an odd album for an eight-year-old to come across. Was it, was it the cover? Well, what, what drew you in? Okay, so there was this department store, big uh, chain up the street from where I lived, and it was called Corvettes, and they had a record department. So you go in there, and they have all these records, vinyl, because that's all that existed back then. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just go up there and look around, you know, and try to save my lunch money, you know. And uh, I, I saw that Frank Zappa Freakout album, and I, I didn't know who Frank Zappa was. I didn't know anything. I just liked the cover, mm -hmm. you know, and I bought it and I'm listening to him going, wow, what is this? You know, because when you're a kid like that and it, it, it was just like a lucky kind of a guess or something. Yeah. But it resonated with me. I loved it. And I used to go up there and, uh, you know, I'd save my lunch money and buy top 40 singles. And uh, I remember once I walked into the store and they were playing uh, Carlos Santana Europa. <laughs> That this it stopped me dead in my tracks, you know. So, playing music in music stores is important for young kids. Uh, it, it, I, don't, it, I don't know if music stores exist anymore, but uh, not many of them out there. That's for sure. It's yeah. it's fun. I've 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 had that conversation before, though. It is that's one of those things that has changed with streaming now that you don't yeah. have is that that exploration of just seeing an album. Because well, you know, you know what's nice is that uh, you know vinyl obviously is having a resurgence, and there's people that you know cherish the romance mm -hmm. of vinyl. I'm one of those guys, you know. So I do see a lot of those kinds of stores. Maybe not a lot, but I do see vinyl stores, and they're always great to go into and just thumb through records. And well, that's that's you know the the mystery is like you said, seeing that album cover and being intrigued. You oh, know, God, you just fetish every little morsel. You know? <laughs> The music takes on the uh, the the personality yeah. of the cup. You ever notice that? Oh yeah, like Led Zeppelin three, you know, with the wheel. Oh and yeah, I sat and just meditated on that for. I, I I can't. It's right out of my reach, but it's honestly about five feet out of out out of uh, reach yeah. of me right now. But yes, uh, all I mean, all of those covers are just. I mean, they're they're art, and that's why in our in our studio we have them all on the wall there, as far as the, the artwork of everybody that's been on the show. Uh, yeah, they give me a little nostalgic hernia. <laughs> <laughs> ben, did you did you did you have that experience or no? As far as with, with CDs, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, you still kind of had that physical element to it, and you know, and now with streaming, everything seems to be going much more towards singles. Yeah. EPs. You yeah. Know, and it's like with, with albums, it's like it's almost a time capsule too of as an artist <laughs> where you were. Yeah. You know, at that point of your career, the point. Of your well, bless you. Yeah. Sorry. Hey. That seems to be lost a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still. I mean, I, I like collecting vinyl. You know, yeah, it's like the the aesthetic of it. The <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm hoping that someday, uh, you know, streaming will offer like a holographic image or booklet or something. shoot. Yeah, shoot it up on the wall. That'd be awesome. Kind of. Yeah. Within midair, you know. It de it definitely would add. There is something lost in that fact, and I mean, I'm I'm one of the nerds that loves to to read liner notes and everything else with a with a album. So like, you have to go digging for those on the internet to actually find it for a a song that's being streamed because it's not going to come up on Spotify or on Apple. So like, 
it's you wonder, okay, who who were the studio musicians on this? Who was producing this? And you're like, I can't find any of this. No, no. Yeah, so, yeah. But um, I mean, along with some of those, you mentioned it as far as as Led Zeppelin being one of the main reasons that you got into rock, something that solidified it. That heartbreaker riff, uh, you know, loving that song, uh, and sort of a full, very full circle moment. Uh, Berkeley College gives Jimmy Page a doctorate, honorary doctorate, and they ask you to write like a little introduction to emphasize how impactful he's been on guitar and just sort of music in general. Now, I mean, if that were me, I'm pretty sure I would have had to write that statement like 7,000 times. I would have like written and been like, no, that, no, 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 no. Like, how, did it take you a long time? No, I sharpened my knives for that one because, (laughs) uh, you know, Jimmy Page for me was the, the, the light. Yeah. You know, when I was young, he was everything, you know? And my uh, my quote, I, I, I believe I said something to the effect of, in the physical universe, there are things that include stars and planets, and and then there's the space that these that enables these things to exist. But and that space is the vital element. And since 1968, for every kid that picked up a guitar to try to find their voice on the instrument, Jimmy Page has been the space that enables our notes to exist. Mm. Mm. <laughs> very vi. <laughs> That's very very heavy. Very heavy, but also very inspiring. I mean, he had a good reaction to it when he heard it. Like that's yeah. I mean, he had this reaction like, "Oh my god, that's me?" Like Yeah, that that little reaction is a little treasure in my life. I was about to say it would be, I mean, that's the the guy that got you into it and he was he was blown away by your your appreciation. Uh def, definitely a cool moment, I'm guessing. Unbelievable. Now, were could could you not have been there? Were you there for the actual Well, I was I was on tour and uh, Berkeley had you know, written to me and asked me because they had uh, awarded me an honorary doctorate a little time before that. So um, I'm I'm in good company. <laughs> well, ben, who are you looking to get to make a statement like that? If you can make a statement, who's who's the person you're making a statement for there? Oh boy, I mean, <laughs> so so many. Well, Steve's already already been in, so I guess I can't I can't say that. But uh... <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> For the next one, for the next one. Yeah. Yeah, any anybody else? I mean I'm guessing I'm guessing Eddie would have to be up yeah, there. That was the one that I was really hoping would have been given one, you know, uh yeah. so I graduated in twenty eighteen and, and um uh I think well the honorary doctorate, I think the year I graduated was Niall Rogers, um, Esmeralda Spaulding and uh, Rosanna Cash. Mm, nice. But uh, yeah, as you know, hopefully maybe Eddie will someday uh He'll well, they can to... do a, post- right. a posthumous award, yeah. Yeah, sure. he's very deserving for sure. Yeah. Well, now um, uh, along with that sort of just sort of reminiscing, you know, you in the documentary, uh, you bring up as far as Led Zeppelin, they bring up your first concert, which was Led Zeppelin, and uh, then thirteen years later, after seeing it, you're playing that that same stage as far mm-hmm. as that uh, concert with David Lee Roth, and uh, which again. Total movie moment there of just coming full circle. Uh, that was that was extraordinary. So I had the first concert I I saw was Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden, and me and my friend Rich Joner had tickets. We were the last seats at the very top 
of the back of Madison Square Garden, and they look like little ants. <laughs> but still, it was them. And uh, when I first played Madison Square Garden, it was with Dave Roth, and we have this big ego ramp. And I, I had an unaccompanied guitar solo at one point where I go out and I stand on the ego ramp and I just start wailing, you know? And I remember going out there and looking up to the very back and the seats basically where I sat as a kid for, for Jimmy Page and Led Zeppelin and I played my whole solo to that kid. <laughs> so cool. So cool. Now that, that's that's awesome. That's that's the same uh that was the same concert they used for the song Remains the Same, right? That was the No, they they uh shot that I I believe they shot that uh, you know, I can't I can't remember. I know I was the first time I went I was very young and I think it was the following year that they shot mm. the song Remains the Same or the following whenever they were on tour again cuz we accidentally came into a couple of tickets because we were just these kids i don't know 13 14 years old or something yeah and and some like somebody pulled into a gas station in my town and said hey i'm with the band and uh the crew and we have these extra tickets you want them and i'm like what so we we went and and we were so young but then after that i remember going into new york city and sleeping on the steps at the post office because Led Zeppelin was, you can only get a ticket by mailing. Mm. And it was a lottery kind of thing. So to get our ticket, they were only accepting on a certain date. So we went there and we actually slept overnight so we can put our, uh, you know, uh, requests. Yeah. Right in. And we tickets. We got, I got to see like two nights or so. And I think that's when they filmed The Song Remains the Same. I gotcha. Do you, do you ever go back? You ever reminisce? Have you gone back and actually watched the DVD? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Probably about five years ago, I had, I had a couple of Steve Lukather came over, and uh, some other friends, and we watched the whole movie. It was great. Oh man, it's it's. I I remember that. I mean, that was the first time I ever saw Zeppelin live because I never saw him right. actually live. Uh, and seeing that seeing that DVD, I was just like, man, Jimmy Page is a wizard. He, I mean, he was in that wizard suit with the the yeah, stars yeah. and the moon and just. So impressive. I think they were at their peak in that uh, How the West Was Won. Mm -hmm. You know, that DVD? Yeah. That's from earlier, earlier performances when, you know, they they uh, were gelling. Really, I mean, they were always gelling in some way, but usually when when you're younger, sometimes... Had a little more fire. Yeah. Had a little more, you know. Yeah, I, I think John Bonham was a little bit more keyed into the band at that time as far as just his performance as well, but... Back to the uh, the David Lee Roth playing with David Lee Roth there, in those days, I mean, you know, I feel like it was constant. You were being compared to to Van Halen. Uh, I mean, obviously, you were playing with David Lee Roth, and then you're playing songs of his when you go out on tour with David Lee Roth every now and then. Uh, did you did you ever feel pressure from that, or did you just put that to the side? Did you just say, "I'm going to do my own thing"? Well, it was so, it was so overwhelming. I mean, if you can imagine, uh, you know, at that time it was the most coveted rock guitar position anybody could hope for. And I always loved Edward. He had a, a huge uh, influence, you know, a wonderful impact on me. Uh, so I, you don't you don't compete with that. You know, I was honored. And playing those songs was fantastic because 
I mean, his his guitar parts were just like little orchestrations, you know. They fit perfectly in your hands, and they sound so good, and uh, so it was great. Nice. Wait, now you didn't. But I couldn't. You know, I, couldn't uh, I, I, I couldn't. I just knew I had to do my best, and if I would have tried to emulate him, I mean, the, you know, the fans would have smelled that a mile away, and it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. So I just, I'm just gonna be the best I can be at this, you know, whatever that is. Well, now you you didn't meet Van Halen until the end of the the decade. There, you met him in '89. I heard you you had a meeting there, you and Frank Zappa and him, basically, because sort of a, a, a in between. Van Halen was a big fan of Frank Zappa. You gave him uh, his number. Zappa calls you, tells him to uh, tells you that he's up there, and you guys hang out all day. That was more like '80. Uh, in the early 80s oh okay yeah that was before because uh i had met edward at the roxy for an alan holdsworth concert i, I somehow got backstage and this was when i was working with frank so nobody knew who i was and, uh and i was i got to talk with edward yeah and i told him i was uh i was in town working with frank zappa and he was a big zappa fan and he lived he lived literally two three minutes away from frank you know so uh, I gave him my phone number. I said, if you ever want to meet Frank, let, let me know. I'd never thought he'd call. And he called the next day. And I wasn't there. You know, and my, my roommate gave him Frank's number. And I was like, you gave out Frank's number? Yeah, but it's Van Halen. I said, I don't care who it is. You can't give out Frank's number. And right at that point, the phone rang. And I go, hello. And it was Frank. And I, I thought, uh-oh. Hey, you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. He goes, hey, sport, come on up. Edward Van Halen is here. Okay, you know, <laughs> it was great. That wh what did you guys do? Just jam on music the whole day? Listen to music. We chatted. We jammed. You know, it was nice. One of those nice things. Nice. Well, now uh, I, I always wonder this because you are obviously just steeped in in musical theory. I mean, you've been doing it since Bill Westcott in high school, in middle school. I mean, you, you, you've transcribed, you've worked with it, you went to Berkeley, but you're in a field where you've got a lot of folks that don't live in the world of musical notation. In well, you know, it's so interesting is my wife and I were kind of talking about that last night, how I've, I've always like had these two sides. Even when I was growing up on my street, Fairfield Avenue, was all the very clean, straight, kind of progressive rock kids and they never got in trouble they were great guys and i grew up with them but three streets over was more the rough crowd you know and they were the guys that i had a band with a little later on and they were the guys i eventually started hanging around a lot so i straddled these two like worlds you know and even when i was playing in rock bands i always had this other side that was more compositional mm -hmm. you know and and even even today you know i'm like a a rock musician but i'm not like i'm a little bit of a misfit in there you know because i have all these other interests and so i just surrender to it all i don't try to figure it out i don't i, I just move by whatever feels right at a given time and i love the energy of of you know rock music and i love the uh compositional nature of uh you know compositional music and and i like doing it all 
Well, now, uh, on Bill, uh, Bill Westcott, who is mentioned a lot there in the, in the documentary, when you, when you're making an album like, like your most recent album in Violet, like, do his teachings still play a large role in what you write? Do you still, are there things you come back to and go, ah, Bill, that was, that was Bill right there. Absolutely, because when you're in your formative years and you're going through the academics, you're absorbing tools that then work in the background. So when I go to compose something or write something, even if it's like something like Teeth of the Hydra, mm -hmm. you know, so much of uh, what I learned with Bill Harmony, just, you know, the, just the nuts and bolts. Most musicians know it. Some people know all that stuff, but they don't recognize the language of it. You know what I mean? But they, they hear it and they understand it. I always like the language, you know? But when I'm writing now, it, it, it functions in the background as opposed to, uh, you know, I'm going to write this right, because yeah. I'm musically. Well, there's a couple of things on the record. Something like, uh, there's a song called Little Pretty. Mm -hmm. That's got a lot of, uh, a lot of real adult kinds of chord changes and stuff and i had to put my academic screws to it you know what i mean to figure it out and all so there it was working a little more in the foreground yeah so there, there's always a balance when you're writing that album of sort of the like you said sort of the academic side but then the rock energy side as well yeah and i think all guitarists do that with whatever academic side they studied you know mm-hmm even if it's just like you're growing up and you know playing in your bedroom and you're listening to records and trying to figure it out and say oh this is a chord you know so you even if your understanding is minimal you use it through life for sure for sure ben were you gonna say something there i, I just love the term adult chord progressions <laughs> <laughs> how arrogant huh? <laughs> Just bring it, bring it a little age to it, you know. <laughs> Stepping it up. It's no longer junior high. Stepping it up. Uh, Sometimes they're even rated X. <laughs> I, I thought it was a super cool memory I saw on your your website uh, of Bill, uh, where you brought up you're basically yeah you're you're poking fun at a at a way a kid was sitting in class. He had his legs crossed, and, and Bill told you uh, don't make fun of someone. Uh, make fun of the way someone else feels comfortable. That was on, that was on was your it? website. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that experience. And, and that when, when he said that, you know, you well, things can happen in our life that seem trivial, and they can make like you know paradigm shifts in our whole perspective. And that experience was one of them. Bill just said to me, "Don't make fun of the way other people feel comfortable." <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah. It, okay, got it. it That's it. Thank you. <laughs> it's. I mean, it's such a. It's. It's like you said. It's such a small thing for a teacher to say, especially a teacher that's a music teacher that has nothing to do with you know life in the in the direct sense. But he's giving that life life lesson that just sticks forever. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So important. Um, well, last thing from the documentary before I move directly on to the the new music there. Uh, you worked on a movie, Crazy, uh, which is about Hank Garland, uh, great, great guitarist uh, in the Nashville scene. And for, for the listeners who haven't seen or heard the movie, it came out in 2008. 
It's a movie, uh, like I said, it's around this guy's career and basically how he's getting hassled in Nashville. And I got, I got to say, you being Hank Williams stole the movie for me. Um, <laughs> I mean, you could have told me they did a casting call and you were the one that met sort of Hank Williams' description. Like, I'm guessing being Hank Williams was not on your to-do list before that movie. No. They had to they had ask me like five times. It. I mean, you did you see the resemblance? Like once you got dressed up, were you like, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm I'm there. I did. It's, I saw I saw why, and it was the only time that I ever tried to fake a southern accent. Yeah, it it works. It works. You did you 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 definitely did a good a, a good Hank Williams. Um, Thank you. I, I know you listened. I, I saw that as well, and I, I've seen this in several things. As far as as far as Berkeley uh, College, there one of your favorite things is the listening library. Uh, yeah. Did you did you ever throw on country like Hank Williams when you were in the listening library? No. <laughs> I, I was more into at that time. It was like more into discovering classical and jazz and so ben did they still when you were going did they still have that kind of a music library no and no, i mean they obviously they have still have the library there with you know, the books and all the all the sheet music but you yeah, know i think everything's so shifted to youtube and, and links like yeah. that now that unfortunately that, that there's no uh <laughs> no listening yeah, we had a, that when i was going there the tables that you sat at had little reel-to-reel -reel players in the desk <laughs> And you would have to take out the tapes. You would get the tapes. I remember I got every Frank Zappa record, and like, you know, every Stravinsky and all that. And I would just sit there and listen and try to record it on my cassette player. I mean, I, 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 was, I was thinking of that. Like Ben said, now you've got everything at your fingertips. Literally st streaming endlessly options. The whole world. It, it, do, do, you ever, do you ever sit back and think like, man... I searched through a, a thousand vinyls just to find that one song that I thought was the cool song that I wanted to hear. Like, are you ever just sat back and go, that is completely different from the listening library? <laughs> well, you know what's interesting? I was talking to a friend last night uh, about uh, that, and we're still doing the same thing. It, it's just in a different form. Faster. You know, searching, yeah. Searching for that song, searching for that website or, you know, performance whatever it is it's just uh a different form yeah yeah but now you get so much more like that about to say it's it's a quicker yeah. search for for yeah. sure uh if you were doing that that fast on vinyls or reel to reel it'd definitely be a lot of work just <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. uh well, thank you let's let's talk about the the newest album it's uh it's been a ridiculous winding road to actually get it out there this year I heard it was a completely different album that you were working on when basically you had a bunch of injuries that happened and you ended up making a completely different album. Yeah, well, not unlike a lot of musicians before the, sh the lockdown, um, I was working on something and it was uh, the third installment of a trilogy of records that I had released. And... Uh, it was a big project, big production, and once the lockdown came, all that went away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, like a lot of people, I was just left with a lot of time to engage in some other things, and and it, it gave me an opportunity to kind of start working on some guitar-esque 
things that I wanted to, but I never really had the time. And that was uh, one of the first things was a song that made it to Inviolate, which was called Candle Power. Mm. And uh, and it was nice because it was a different kind of a piece for me. And it, it required things that I, I were kind of out of my comfort zone. And then uh, I had I was having a shoulder problem for some years and it just deteriorated into needing to get it fixed and I got it fixed. And when I got out, I, I was in a sling called a knapsack mm -hmm. and I couldn't use my right arm for a couple of weeks. So I just decided to record a song with my left hand only. And that became the song Knapsack and I made a little video. So I started to see that I was building something here because I was working on other stuff too. And then uh, the idea for Teeth of the Hydra was always something that was sort of in the background. And I was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity, you know? And there it was, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. So that required a lot of work and time. It, it formed into this record in Violet. And I knew that uh, once I started to get these songs together, I decided to abandon all other projects because the itch to get on tour, you know, that was like, it was burning. So I really wanted to get back out on tour. So I decided to finish in Violet and hit the road, and that's where I'm at right now. Nice. I, I think, Ben, you need to uh, make uh, students uh, perform knapsack there as a, like a final exam sort of deal. Yeah, that sounds like it's a good proficiency exam now for all the performance majors. It's, it's impressive. <laughs> Hydra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, now I wanted to ask, as far as like the 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 surgery, how long did it take before, uh, coming back from the the shoulder? Because I know you had two surgeries. You also had the the thumb surgery on the left yeah, hand. Yeah, it was weird. I got trigger finger in my thumb, which mm -hmm. is kind of odd. It's good. Yeah. And then it just froze. You know, once it froze, I couldn't play. But it was a very simple surgery. They just I was playing again after a few days. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, but it was at the same time as the first shoulder surgery. And when I got the shoulder fixed, it, 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 it was fine. You know, it was healing great. And I was working on inviolate. But then I, I had another kind of a accident. And I tore another tendon. And, and I actually had to get another surgery. But I waited. And I, I had gone through all the holistic attempts and stem research and, you know, all that. But when, it, when it's too torn, you just got to get it fixed, you know. So um, two days after I shot the uh, Teeth of the Hydra video, I, I got the other shoulder fixed. And it takes, they take like a year to yeah. to totally heal. But you could play, you know? You could start playing in a couple of weeks or so. Ah. You just got to be really careful, you know? Ah. I mean, it just takes time. Don't want to go back through the surgery again for another round. Right, right. And, and getting, I lost like some rhythm chops. Mm. You know, I used to be a really fast strummer. But I'm still on the men, but and I assume that it's it'll come back. Oh sure. Best that my 62 year old hands can deal with it. Just more, <laughs> more practice. Just get back. More in practice. There. More practice. You hear that, Ben? It never ends. <laughs> <laughs> but now, uh, you you mentioned it a couple times on the album. You have the the Hydra guitar, uh, which is just a a beast. It's uh, it's it's literally everything. There's three necks. There's a twelve-string uh, neck, which half of the strings are fretless. There's a uh, seven-string neck, and then there's a four-string uh, bass, 
where half the uh, strings are fretless. What did you tell Ibanez going into that as far as the creation of that? What was the idea there? Did you just tell him to go bananas? Yeah, no, I was always fascinated with multi-neck guitars, and I started uh, having them built through the years, uh, but I never really felt like I built one that was accomplishing what I was envisioning, which was a piece of music that used all the necks, you know? So about seven years ago, I started an email, and it only took like 10 minutes, and it said basically I would like a guitar that has bass neck that's a couple strings are fretless and the set i described the whole guitar uh but i didn't send it because i wasn't sure what it was going to look like i didn't really have a vision for that uh until a couple of years after that i saw a mad max movie and there was this one scene where the guy's playing like this steampunk guitar in the front of a truck and it's i'm like there it is there it is so I started, I, I did a little research on the steampunk fashion, which I really liked. And I just took some examples and I put it in the same email and finally hit send. And, you know, Hoshino just, uh, the guys at Ibanez, they, they just got right into it. And it took about four years of development. But finally, when I got the guitar, I just started kind of, uh, it's kind of like you, you, ever, you ever do a Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when something's working, it's about to click in. Yeah, like when it's not, you know. So I just—it was like that, but with notes. And I was just so, uh, you know, I look at that video now, and I, 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 I kind of feel the same way some people feel when they see it. Like, what, how, what, how, how did I do that? And then I say, oh, I remember, I started really slow. <laughs> Now, and there isn't anything you cannot achieve with first you have to have the vision and the desire and then you uh, that's all you need because then the rest just kind of unfolds it takes care of itself now do you are you playing that on tour do you bring it on tour no I, I didn't bring it to the European tour because my shoulder wasn't mended enough but um I'm planning on taking it on this tour. Listeners, make sure you check out the new uh, the new tour, the new album. He's going to be in Ponte Vedra Concert Hall October 21st. You can stream all of his music online. Steve Vai, want to thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with us. Thanks so much, Benjamin and Ben. Ben and Ben. ben. <laughs> yes. I it.
are back here on the Doc G show. You just heard Steve Vai. Fantastic off of the new album, Inviolate. Right there. Fantastic album. Fantastic artist. Just so great to have both of them on the show, Mike. Former guest, current guest, guest that has won three Emmys, or Emmys, three Grammys, has been nominated for 12 Grammys, one of the greatest artists of all time. My God, he has seen seen some things, Mike. Yes! Seen some things. Yes! Toured around the world. Yeah. Played with everybody you can think of. Just crazy. Just all kinds of... I wish... He's one of those guests, Mike, that I wish I had like eight hours to interview. I'm sure he does not, yeah. but I wish that. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he was like, yeah. after the 30 minutes, was like, thank God that's over with. Jesus. But, you know, he did, the listeners, he didn't actually say that. I'm thinking what he was thinking. He could have thought it was a good time. I don't know. So Let's true. hope he thought it was a good time. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, Mike, he has lived a life. He has lived yeah, yeah. a life. There has been some crazy fun stuff going on there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. But uh, thanks to both uh, Ben and Steve coming on the show. Uh, everybody out there, make sure if you are in the St. Augustine or in the Ponte Vedra area, you get to Steve's concert in Ponte Vedra. Trust me, That's it right. will be a fantastic time. October 21st, my good Lord, he will dazzle you with his amazing guitar work. So, get your tickets if you haven't. October 21st, if you haven't got his new album, go stream it, go buy it, do it. It's amazing. He played that one song with just one hand, Mike. Knapsack. He played that whole song, just his left hand. How do you do it? Like, how do you even do? Well, I guess you can. Uh, you go back and forth. You yeah. do harmonics. It's insane. You got to mm-hmm. be a, a, a just a talented mofo, and I am not one. Yeah, but he is. No, so there you go. Me yeah. Mike, it is time to move on to the best, most popular, fastest growing segment in the world. Hmm. Doc G top three. There it is. There it is, Mike. And uh, I already failed. The listeners once again because i realized after last week's uh, doc g top three i did not give them the topic for the next doc g top three Girl, come on. that was the whole point of doing it the last time so i could get on track and then i didn't do it that's a fact but once again i'm back on track for this coming next week i will give us the topic here but the topic for this week is favorite t-shirts you have ever owned mm-hmm Favorite t-shirts you have ever owned, Mike. And I've got a couple. There's a couple honorable mentions that didn't make my list. I won't bore you with the honorable mentions. We'll just go with the top three. So, Mike, give me your number three favorite shirt you have owned. Number three is actually a recent buy. It is a recent purchase, and I'm probably going to purchase a lot more of these. But Target has these plain white, plain black, and plain blue t-shirts. Uh-huh. Uh, they're like the black label, so you can oh. only buy them individually, but they are still in the like underwear, they're super t-shirt, sock section. Super high class. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you can but only super, buy one at a time. But super soft. Oh, they're soft. They're long. They're slim fit. The sleeves are cut perfect. Yeah, they're They they're just great. work perfect I, for you. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. They're really, really nice. Is that is that a stand up shirt? Or you, you would you use that for stand up? Or do you get you get classier? 
Um, no, I, I use, I've, uh, I've gone on stage with the black tee because nice. the black is always good as a good stand-up shirt. You yeah, I think so. The black shirt, everybody does that. I yeah. definitely think so. so. Yeah, I like they it. They are good stand-up. Nice. Yeah, for sure. Nice. What about you, Doc G? My number three, and this was hard of like what order to put them in. I, I just mm-hmm. really couldn't decide, but the third one is actually the newest shirt of the group. That would be a oh. Steve Prefontaine shirt. So Steve okay. Prefontaine, the runner, it's just a face of his, uh, or just a shirt of his face. Like the face covers the whole front of the shirt. And it's in nice. black and white. My friend Hunter got it for me about six years ago. I, I do believe, I, I don't even think it was a birthday present from what I recall. He was just that nice. Hunter just showed up one day at the gym and was like, hey, bro, I got you this shirt. And I was like, what? No way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Shout out to Hunter Lambert for doing that for me. But uh, he got me that shirt. And I, 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 I wore that shirt out, man. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, I still wear it. Yeah. But it's got, it's it's one of those where I've washed it so many times. It's getting frayed on the edges of the, yeah, of, yeah, of the, yeah. it's getting like close to holes in the armpits because I've sweated mm. it so much. Like, it's just, uh, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. And almost no one, it's one of those things that, you know, even though Steve Prefontaine was a really famous uh, runner, almost no one knows who it is when they see it. (laughs) (laughs) The weird thing is, I don't know how many times I've got it. I've got so many people that have been like, is that, is that Scarface? Huh? And I'm like, Scarface? What the hell? Not close to Scarface at all, man. What are you looking at? But. Girl, come on. I would say that's the biggest guess I always get for that shirt is, is that Scarface? And I'm just like, how is that what everybody thinks it is? He's got shaggy hair on yeah, the shirt. I'm looking at him now. I'm looking at his, uh, I'm looking at some of the yeah. Steve Prefontaine shirts. Yeah. I, and yeah, he was a 70s looking oh, guy. Oh, yeah. The mustache, <laughs> the hair. Definitely. Definitely, like, man. I'm going to finish this run. I'm going to go to a disco. Oh, That's so so true. So true, Mike. <laughs> number two on your list. Uh, so for me, number two, I used to have a, it was from Urban Outfitters. It was a, I'm going to get another one too. I'm actually going to, I'm going to check them out today, maybe on oh. eBay. But it was a 13 and O. Miami Dolphins t-shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That, Undefeated. You and your dad can connect on that, right? And I actually bought my dad yeah. the same shirt. I bought I found that shirt and I was like I'm going to buy two of these. Got one for my dad. Now so, you yeah. need to get more. Yeah. You Yeah, 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 yeah. Cuz that, that that was like many years ago. That shirt's rest in peace wherever oh, dumpster it is. Yeah. Sad. Lost it, man. Man, need to find it. Need yeah. to find it. It's okay. We'll get it back. My number two, I still have it, but it's it's hanging on by a thread. It's hanging on by <laughs> like a thread. Literally, literally, like a couple threads. <laughs> it's it's lit- So it's it's one of my favorite workout shirts. It used to be one of my favorite actual pickup game shirts. I I mm. got this shirt in high school. I think I got it like in ninth grade. Might have been eighth grade actually. Jeez. Um, but it was an and one shirt. And one. And it's got the and one on the front, and then on the back, like a jersey, it's got money written across as the name, and then the number one as the number. Mm, And, uh, you know, since I was a bit of a sharpshooter, since I was a shooting guard most of my basketball career in high school. okay, shooting guard. That's what I wanted, man. I was money. That was me. That's I was right. the left-handed bandit, the aerial assassin. Say what? That was me. 
So nice. I, I loved it. And then after... I want to see some replays, Doc G. I oh, my gosh. Clips. You don't. It will be very yeah, sad. Yeah. <laughs> Highlights. Oh. Got to see them. This is very underwhelming, Ben. This What's is, that shot look This like? is extremely underwhelming. Well, interesting thing. Uh, my, I, I switched my shot. I used to be a two-handed shooter in middle school because I never learned how to shoot one-handed. Mm. And my coach just just berated me constantly of why are you shooting two-hand? There's no, there's no benefit of that at all. You need to start shooting one-handed. So over over the summer, I think I want to say it was eighth grade. I can't remember. I just practiced thousand shots every single day, left-handed. Making nice. sure that elbow's in, making sure I'm at 90 yeah. degrees, making sure I flick that wrist. And I came back with a straight stunner of a, of a yeah, left-handed okay. shot. Straight stunner. Nice. I still wasn't that nice. good in games. But it was a great shot, Mike. A great yeah, shot. Yeah. Anyways, I, I wore it forever as far as that and one shirt. Used it all the time in workouts. And I cut the sleeves off after having it for like two years. And the sleeve, the, the, the sleeveless got all the way basically down to my like, you know, pocket. And now <laughs> there's there's basically like two inches on the side. Uh it is if if you uh, don't like seeing men's nipples, it is definitely obscene. It is an obscene <laughs> shirt, Mike. Ew. Uh, Mike, you're number one. All right, my number one is actually going to be this tee. Yes. The Donkey Boy. Yes, yes. I love donkey it. Donkey Boy. Listeners was, can't um, see it, but it is a donkey cartoon. Yeah. Yes. It looks like Mickey Mouse. Yes. It looks like Mickey Mouse, but it's a little donkey. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, I got this from uh, Joe Coy's merch booth. I uh, pretty much... I took it. I just was <laughs> like, hey, I'm working for you. I'm going to take this shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, I won comedy competitions with this shirt, Doc G. I won multiple comedy competitions with this shirt, or I've at least advanced in comedy competitions. And then they didn't you know, kick nice me out of the club with this shirt. I would get top three with this shirt every time almost. I almost love it. Every time I, yeah. I love it. That is that yeah. is fantastic, Mike. Yeah, um, Doctor, what's yours? I can't wait. Mine is a shirt that I had. I got. I remember specifically. I got it in fifth grade. Got the shirt in fifth grade, and I had all the way up till grad school. And somewhere, somewhere in there, I don't know where it was. I lost <laughs> it. Dissolved. It. I lost it, and it made me so sad, Mike. It made ah, me so man, sad. So it was a. It was a Michael Jordan shirt. Ah. Uh, and uh, I forget what exactly it said on the front. It said something like, some people fear failing. I think that's what it said. Some people fear failing. But then on the back of the shirt, it had a picture of his face. But it was like almost blacked out. Like as far as you couldn't see his actual eyes. And then at the bottom it said, fear is an illusion. And uh, Oh, I love that. And you can buy it. I could go on Etsy right now, and I found I'm for it. I found new <laughs> old stock, Mike. I could buy it for hundred and seventy dollars if I wanted to. Wait, what? Um, I don't know if I hundred and seventy, hundred and seventy for the shirt. One seventy, one seventy. Oh, was it? What did you say? Was fear is an illusion? Fear is an illusion, and it oh, has I see it. has a picture on it. on on the back of his face. Yes. Yeah, and his eyes are all like mm -hmm. shadowed out. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Sweet. Yeah. That was my fave, man. I wore that shirt into the ground. I just, every time I worked out, I loved that shirt so much. 
so much. Favorite shirt, yeah. Mike. Uh, I just it's don't nice know one. if it's worth one hundred seventy dollars. Don't know if I can nah, do that. Don't. Maybe not. I'm sure you can find it a little bit cheaper. eBay, yeah, has got all kinds of but you, but 90s. you got you got to you got to worry. You know, like how yeah. what the quality is and everything. You know, true, true, true. Anyways, anyways, Mike, we we're gonna move on. Before we move on, listeners, here is the topic for next week: best cruising rides. Word. So what do, what do I mean by that? Uh, if you listeners could have any car for the day, find your favorite place to cruise around, your favorite city, just to, just to go up and down the block and people loving the ride you're in. Maybe you love bumping tunes. Ooh. Maybe you want hydraulics. Maybe you want to race. I don't know what your cup of tea is, but whatever that cup of tea is, what would be your three rides you would want to be seen in? Now, it doesn't have, I'm not saying, and keep in mind, there is a big difference. I'm not saying you want to own this car and you want to drive it around all the time. This no. is just the car you want to cruise in for a day and then yeah, be done with rental. it. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to have that look. You just want to be out there. I mean, you might want to own it too, but the main point is you want to cruise in. Mm-hmm. You you want to have a good sort of like our fast food uh, countdown. You want to have a good Friday night with this thing. You want to just yeah. just bump up and down the strip a couple of times, whether it's Panama City, whether it's Sunset Strip, whether it's Miami A One A, whether it's New York Broadway, whatever mm. you want to cruise, you're cruising. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. Um, Mike, we're gonna move on to. Our last two birthday suits here. Okay. What do you want? Uh, actor or novelist? Ooh, let's go novelist. Okay. I think author. you can give this author. There we'll is, see. There we'll is see. definitely okay, no, a, a it's a modern author and a oh, very okay. well-known stories. All right. So All right. we'll see. Born on September 21st, 1944, in Portland, Maine. Hmm. When, uh, wait, hold on. Let me make sure that is 1944 real quick, Mike, because that doesn't sound right to me. I feel like I wrote something down wrong there. I mean, not that it would matter to you understanding who this is. Yeah, I wrote it down wrong. 1947. Sorry about that, Mike. 1947. Yeah, those three years make a huge difference. Now you'll totally get it right. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Born on September 21st, 1947 in Portland, Maine. When he was younger, he found a collection of short stories by H.P. Lovecraft titled The Lurker in the Shadows. Hmm. When he found that book, he realized he loved thriller and horror stories. He started reading other things like EC Horror Comics. Our birthday suit wearer went to the University of Maine in 1966 for a bachelor's in England. Uh, England bachelor in English. He sold his first professional sh- short story, The Glass Floor, in 1967. In 1973, he was able to publish his novel Carrie. The book became a hit and was made into a movie in 1976. He then wrote and published The Shining which also became an extremely successful novel and movie. In 1982, he published Different Seasons, a collection of four novellas. Out of those four stories, three of them were turned into movies. One of those stories being Shawshank Redemption. Hmm. In all, his books uh, have sold over 350 million copies. 
He's published 61 novels. He has many, many awards, including a National Medal of Arts that Barack Obama awarded him in 2015. Name that birthday suit wearer. Stephen King. Stephen King is correct, Mike. Yeah. Are, are you a Stephen King reader? Have you read any Stephen King? So uh, I actually, I kind of figured it was Stephen King right when you said Maine, because I think he's like the only famous guy to come from Maine. I well, could be totally def- wrong about definitely that. Definitely only famous, like really like famous, famous novelist. Yeah, writer, yeah. Especially for the last like 70 years, yeah. Yeah. I did uh, read, or would you say listen to, I listened to his book on writing. Audio book, um, huh? Fantastic, yeah. Cause even his book on writing is really well written like it's a oh, it's yeah. just amazing well he, yeah. he recommends something like what what is it like 10 hours six hours a day of writing a day if you're yeah, a writer something wild yeah something wild he's like if you're gonna take this seriously yeah you got to put in the time you know it's it's like anything yeah, Ten thousand hours sure. you know for sure Ten thousand hours but, uh I, I have not read, I'll be honest, and listeners may be offended, I have not read any Stephen King novels, because as listeners may know, uh, scary stories uh, scare the That's a fact. So I don't need to... <laughs> yeah. And Stephen King like, he's good knows at it. how to... Yeah, 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 he's, yeah, he's good at it. I, I, I don't yeah, need to be scared. As I've told the listeners, the world scares me. I don't need yeah. <laughs> books to do it. I can look yeah. outside and go, oh, Jesus, no. You know, so... You've seen his movies, though. I well, uh, I have not seen most of the scary ones. I've seen parts of Carrie. Uh, I have definitely seen Shawshank, and I'll be honest. Yeah, I did not know Shawshank was a, a conversion of one of his stories. I didn't know that. I, I I I found that out writing this. I had no idea. What do you mean conversion? What does that mean exactly? Well, so, somebody t- adapted, you know, adapted his novel into oh, a screenplay. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I see. I so see. So there were yeah. obviously changes and whatnot, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and I, they give credit to the different author as far as the author of the the screenplay, you know. So. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Stephen King turning the big 75. 75. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Stephen King. Enjoy enjoy Seriously. Maine. Enjoy yeah. the fall seasons. Uh, yeah. Mike, here we go. Third birthday suit. Born on September 21st, 1971 in Dallas, Texas. Our birthday suit wearer was the son of a photographer and advertising executive. He has two older brothers. Our birthday suit wearer's older brother, Owen, was interested in acting from a young age. And eventually got our birthday suit wear into acting. Hmm. Owen, his older brother, wrote the movie Bottle Rocket, and that was the first movie our birthday suit wear starred in. He then starred in Blue Streak, Martin Lawrence, and Legally Blonde. Then in 2001, he starred in Old School as the lead character Mitch. Then he starred in The Royal Tannenbaums. In 2007, he starred in Vacancy with Kate Beckinsale. Name that birthday suit wearer. Is that Luke Wilson? Luke Wilson is Yay. correct. Luke Wilson, man. Yeah. Uh, a good looking fella. Good, good looking, looking guy. Yeah, I think he. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good looking guy. I, I don't want to. I was going to s- say Owen's hot. Like, I was going to say hotter, but <laughs> I was going to say, but hey, they both look great. Hey. Good looking guys. Hotter brother. No offense, Owen. We're going to say no it. No offense. He's the hotter yeah. brother. Weak. Hotter brother. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mike, I gotta say, I I, I don't want to say I don't want to say this because it it sounds bad for his career, but I feel like he, he reached his peak at old school, like you know that was like yeah. that was where he was everywhere, man. Old school, he was just he was all over the place, and old school was such an awesome movie, like yeah. that that spawned so many just Saturday Night Live uh, movies off of that, and Owen and Owen Wilson slash uh, um, what's his name. Vince Vaughn movies, like, you yeah. just had a whole bunch throughout that, but, like, oh, God, just Will Ferrell and Frank the Tank character in that movie, just so many good things, where he's where yeah. he's cleaning up the dragon, took the restrictor plate off, keep it on the down low, oh, man, just, oh, love movie. that movie, love yeah. it, and who, who doesn't want to go back and make a fraternity for old dudes everybody wants to do that <laughs> come on I'd start it We're right now streaking through the quad snoop <laughs> snoop a loop bring your green hat oh man so good listeners if you're a young buck you haven't seen that movie go back you need to it's an awesome mm -hmm. movie you yeah, need to see it, it. alright Mike we are finished for the week. We need to wrap it up. But I got to tell you, next week, we've got a fantastic guest. We've got the fantastic uh, member of Trey Anastasio's band, Jennifer Hartswick. She's got a new album coming out. My goodness, is she talented. She is a fantastic singer. She's got the solo album coming out. She's been torn with Trey all over the country. You know, Trey Anastasio from the fantastic band Fish, of course. And now he's solo with his band. And now she's solo. They're just solos. Just soloing around the world. But Jennifer's coming on the uh, on the show. I can't wait to talk to her. It's going to be fun. But until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Thank you for having me, Doc G. Great time. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doo-doo. <laughs>